Father in heaven, we have eyes in our heads that have not seen the risen Christ. But you also speak of eyes, the eyes of our heart, the eyes of faith that see him in the pages of Scripture. Please come by your word. If we have learned anything in John's gospel over the last seven months, these are written so that we may believe. Please help us to believe the word. Come now in Jesus' name. Amen. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, in verse 7, the Apostle Paul says, We walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. Here's my question. Should this discourage us? Seriously, should... Should the fact that Christians walk by faith and not by sight be disheartening or disappointing to us? Well, if the sales of evangelical pastor Todd Burpo's book, Heaven is for Real, are any indication, it would seem that there are many who profess faith in Jesus Christ in our nation today that are disappointed. Now a major motion picture released just in time for Easter. Imagine that. This volume has been the single best-selling evangelical book of the last 10 years. Eight million copies, 25 languages and counting. It's a story of the author's four-year-old son, Colton Burpo, who endured emergency surgery and afterward reported to his family that he traveled to heaven and back. How much of an ogre are you? Some of you might be asking me that. Should we believe the son of this best-selling author? Well, this book, which I read yesterday, cover to cover, does not feed authentic biblical faith as much as frustrate and enfeeble it. This book, and let's face it, a cottage industry of books like this, weaken our grip, for example, on the sufficiency of Scripture. Isaiah chapter 8, verse 19 When they say to you, inquire of the mediums and the necromancers who chirp and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Do they inquire of the dead on behalf of the living? Or, in the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, we read Luke 16, beginning in verse 29, but Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham. But if someone comes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, 
neither will they repent if someone comes to them from the dead. This book and books like it serve to undercut not only the authority of Scripture, but the authenticity of biblical faith. Hebrews 11.1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Should we believe the son of this best-selling author? Well, there is another best-selling author and his son who have written on this topic. In Proverbs chapter 30, verse 4, God's word says, Who has ascended to heaven and come down? What is his name? What is his son's name? Surely you know. And if your answer is Todd and Colton Burpo in this moment, hmm, I'm concerned. What would Jesus say about the runaway success of a movie and a, and a whole glut of books like this that revolve around stories of people going to heaven or hell and coming back and reporting? What would Jesus say? We don't have to wonder. In the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 13, Jesus says, no one has ascended into heaven who has, except he who has descended from heaven, the Son of Man. We walk by faith, not by sight. Christians see Jesus in this life with the eyes of their heart, not the eyes of their head. Seeing is not believing. Believing is seeing. Seeing is not believing. Believing is seeing. And at this point, I will invite you to open a Bible to the Gospel of John, chapter 20, beginning in verse 1. The Gospel according to John, chapter 20, beginning in verse 1. If you'd like to use one of the red Bibles that are on the seats in front of you, the page is 906 in the Red Bibles, 906. I'll begin by reading uh, the first 29 and a half verses of chapter 20. We need to hear the eyewitness accounts of the resurrection of Jesus. John 20, beginning in verse 1. The Apostle John writes... Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter, the other disciple, and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb. We do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the fine linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, 
She stooped to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They've taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing. But she didn't know it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I'll take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me. For I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father, to your Father, to my God, and to your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And that he had said these things to her. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now, Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hand the mark of his nails and place in my finger the mark of the nails, place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, the disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? We'll break off the reading right Here's the first of two points today. First, be encouraged. First century disciples walked by sight, which gave rise to their faith. Be encouraged. First century disciples walked by sight, which gave rise to their faith. In my study of John chapter 20, I count 18 distinct instances where the disciples of Jesus receive either visual or physical confirmation, sensory confirmation of their faith in the risen Christ. 18 times. The active verbs are everywhere, right? Saw, look, seen, showed, fingers put, hands placed. And what's the result? Faith. Faith is bubbling up all over this chapter. This chapter of Scripture is brimming with belief. 
Verse 8, John speaking of himself, says the other disciple, he had to throw this in, who reached the tomb first. I got there first. Also went in. And he what? He saw and believed. The believing followed the seeing. Or in verse 16, Mary Magdalene comes face to face with Christ. And we read in John 20, 16, Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Or in the evening, on that first Easter, John reports that Jesus came and stood among the disciples. He didn't use the door. Just, just appeared before them in his resurrection body. And we read that he says, Peace be with you, John 20, 20. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples were glad when? When they saw the Lord. And finally, we have Thomas. We have doubting Thomas, who, for whatever reason, the text doesn't say, was absent during that first appearance. And Thomas is adamant, isn't he? He is more than adamant. He is obstinate. He is resistant. He says to the other disciples in John 20, 25, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, with my finger into his side, I will never believe. And Jesus Christ, the risen, glorified, pre-ascended Christ, comes to him eight days later, the Bible says, and mercifully, kindly, says to him in John 20, 27, put your finger here. See my hands. Put out your hand, place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas says to him, my Lord and my God. And then Jesus replied, have you, have you believed because you've seen me? Do you believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ? I do. Many of you do, I know. The first century disciples did. You know why? They saw him. They touched him. Can you imagine touching Jesus? They heard his voice. They heard his audible voice. They probably got close enough to smell his breath, don't you think? I think. This should encourage you. This is a big part of why these guys have such credibility. Uh, the same John who wrote the Gospel according to John has three little letters tucked in the back of the New Testament. They are beautiful. And the first one we call 1 John. John chap- 1 John chapter 1, verse 1, he begins his letter this way. That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest, and we've seen it. We testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you that you may have fellowship with us. Indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things to you so that our joy may be complete. 
Did you ever stop to think that one of the best defenses for the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ is a solid offense for the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ? Listen to these men speak. Watch them write. Don't get back on your heels when you're with someone, maybe today or later this week or later this year, who rejects the resurrection of Christ. Don't get back on your heels when you say that you believe that Jesus came out of a tomb. In view of the New Testament documents, alternate rationalizations for the empty tomb are absolutely absurd. One author I read this week said, because Jesus has risen from the dead, this means that all alternative explanations will crumble. So knock down the alternatives to the resurrection. I submit we very little of the time think about apologetics that way. Knock down alternatives to the resurrection. I think that's what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10.5. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. I hope you believe in the risen Lord Jesus. I hope you do. If you do, be encouraged. The first century disciples, they walked by sight. They did. And they went to horrible deaths because of what they saw. You couldn't shut them up. And now they're talking real loudly about it today. Be encouraged. First century disciples walked by sight which gave rise to their faith in the resurrected Christ. Which brings us to our second point today. And to demonstrate this transition, we need to return to the words of our Lord in John 20, verse 29. And this time I'll read the entire verse. John 20, 29. Here's the pivot. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Mount Evangelical Free Church, be encouraged. 21st century disciples of Jesus walk by faith, which gives rise to our sight of the risen Christ. Be encouraged. 21st century disciples of Jesus walk by faith, which gives rise to our sight in the resurrected Christ. In the Gospel of John especially, Jesus cares very deeply, not just that we believe, but he cares about how we came to believe and what our believing can achieve. Over and over and over again, Jesus deals with people who say they believe in him. They say it. And many of them only say it because they've seen him. They were interested in the first century in his works, what this magnificent man can do. But quite frankly, they could take or leave his words. So Jesus says to Nathanael in John 1.49, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, you believe? 
you will see greater things than these. Or in John 2, 23 to 25, we read of the Passover crowd where John writes, Now when Jesus was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus on his part did not entrust himself to them. Because he knew all people and he needed no one to bear witness about man. He himself knew what was in man. Or John 4.48, at Cana in Galilee, Jesus says, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will never believe. So, evidently, there is a kind of seeing. There is a kind of seeing that's still not the right kind of believing. Just because you profess faith in Christ doesn't mean you possess faith in Christ. So what's the answer here? What's true faith? How do you know if you really believe in the risen Jesus? It's a serious question. And I am confident that most people in our nation are totally devoid of saving faith in Jesus. And I am confident that a high degree of the populations of our churches are the same. I wish it weren't the case, but I'd be lying if I said otherwise. So please listen carefully here as we close. Listen. Listen carefully. Hear the words of Jesus to Thomas in John 20, 29, and then the inspired commentary provided by the Apostle John in verses 30 to 31. Second half of John 20, 29, Jesus says, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. The Apostle John comments, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe. You may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. How do you know? It's the biggest question in the world. How do you know that you truly believe in Jesus? Here's the answer, so far as the Gospel of John is concerned. There are two aspects to this. You trust Christ's word, and there is transformation in your life. Trust in the word, transformation of life. We'll just take each of these in turn. First, trust in the word trust in the word. If walking with God is by sight only, don't you have to admit that everyone except for a few select inhabitants in the ancient Near East 1,981 years ago are at a severe disadvantage? Amen? But here's what's fascinating. Even for those who saw Jesus For those who watched him turn water into wine, cleanse the temple, heal the official son, make a lame man walk, multiply loaves and fishes, give sight to the blind man, and raise Lazarus from the dead, even those who witness his crucifixion and his resurrection, Jesus is constantly commending people for their faith in his words rather than his works. 
constantly. That's the burden of the gospel of John. Jesus is relentlessly, incessantly commending people for walking by faith in his word, not by the sight of his works. And examples of this are legion in the Gospel of John. Here is one. John 8, verses 30 to 32, we read, Many believed in him. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word... You are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You know what that means? It means that when we walk by faith in the word, we are at zero handicap as compared to the first century disciples. Zero. In fact, advantage 21st century disciples, because we have the whole Bible. That's amazing. So trust his word. These are written. These are written. So that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ and by believing you may have life in his name. Do you read and treasure and enjoy and savor and dine on and fill your belly with and meditate on and drink and breathe his word? Do you? Trust in the word. Secondly, transformation of life. How do, you, how do you know if you really believe Jesus? The first step is that you believe his magnificent word with the eyes of your heart, though you have not seen his miraculous works with the eyes of your head. But the second step flows from the first, and it's right here in John 20, 31. These are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Life in his name. What is true faith? What's resurrection faith? John 20, 31 says it's trust that transforms you. That's what faith is. It's trust that transforms you. In other words, the gospel, by God's grace, is to be believed so that by God's grace it may be lived. Notice once again, this is the fruit of walking by faith, not by sight. Life in Jesus' name is the very reason that he came. The eyes of our head are irrelevant if by faith we see him with the eyes of our heart. Peter, an eyewitness, says to the church in 1 Peter 1, 8 and 9, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. So notice that there's a future orientation to our faith. It's faith not just in past truths or even in present promises, but also faith in a future hope. First uh, John chapter 3, verses 2 and 3, John put it this way. He said, Beloved, another eyewitness, Beloved, we are God's children now, 
and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. You're going to see him. Everyone here is going to see him. The question is, are you at peace with him when you see him? John says, everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. So in other words, be encouraged. 21st century disciples walk by faith, which gives rise to our sight of him. That's how you know you believe. You trust the word and it transforms your life. It's really one thing, isn't it? Genuine trust in the word of Christ and transformation by the power of the Holy Spirit as we exhibit the life of Christ. What you behold, you become. Christians shouldn't just believe in the resurrection. We should look like resurrections. We should live resurrection. And as we walk by faith, the entire West Tonka area should be arrested by what comes across their line of sight. Seeing is not believing. Believing is seeing. Be encouraged. First century disciples walked by sight, which gave rise to their faith. And be encouraged, equally if not more encouraged, that we 21st century disciples walk by faith, which gives rise to our sight. In Romans chapter 8, the Apostle Paul writes exquisitely of the sufferings of this present age. And he speaks of the groaning that we experience even as Christians. In some sense, the groaning that only Christians can experience as they suffer. As we wait for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. And as we suffer, isn't it true that this is where we tend to flag and hope? This is where the hope starts to flicker and dim. We look around this world, we look at each other in this church, we look at these bodies of ours, and we start to think it would be nice to walk by faith. Or walk by sight, rather, not by faith. It'd be nice to have a little confirmation that this is true. This is costing a lot. And if you, as I, have ever thought that way, then you need to memorize Romans 8, 24 to 25. Romans 8, 24 to 25 says, In this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. The prophet Habakkuk speaks as well to our common tendency to put the cart of sight before the horse of faith. Habakkuk 2, 2 and 3 The prophet says, and we'll end with this. The Lord answered me, write the vision. Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets so that he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay.
Mount Evangelical Free Church, seeing is not believing. Believing is seeing. A very happy Resurrection Sunday to each and every one of you this morning. He is risen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we are so grateful for your word. You have caused a book to be written. The Bible is you speaking. And Jesus, insofar as we follow these pages, we find ourselves right at your own feet because that's where this word is designed to take us every time. Something's gone tragically wrong if we read these pages and don't find ourselves at the person of Jesus. So Lord Jesus, we come before you now. We know that you are here. By faith, we believe it. We believe our Bibles. We believe you're present. We are gathered in your name. You are here in the midst of us. Please, please, Grant the gift of faith to those present today. I pray that you would do the miraculous work of causing new spiritual life to happen. That the blind would see. Lord, grant us sorrow over our sin. Grant us faith to see the wonderful work of your cross, which is every bit the match for our sin and more. We thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for your devil-dethroning, sin-dethroning death and your triumphant resurrection. May no one leave this place today without putting their faith in Jesus, who is risen and reigning and soon to come. In Jesus' name, amen.